Hello, and welcome back to Best in the Biz, the pod talking business with College of the North Atlantic student and alumni entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ian McDonald, and today we're talking with Matthew LeDrew, owner and operator of Engine Books. Originally from Norman's Cove, Matthew journeyed to Stephenville, where he then went on to study journalism at CNA. After schooling, Matthew founded Engine Books, a book publishing company. Thanks, Matthew, for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Yeah, appreciate you driving in. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful day. So It's a gorgeous day. It's always gorgeous here in the province. What are you talking about? There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Good stuff. So start off. Tell us a little bit about your business and how it came to be. Yeah, well, we're a book publishing company, as the name kind of implies. Uh, we, our specialty is sci-fi, fantasy, and horror books. So things that a niche that wasn't really served well uh, within the province's existing publishers. There was something that we wanted to do that wasn't currently being done, so that's a match made in heaven. But we always had the mind to like expand out from there, and recently in the last few years we've started getting into nonfiction and poetry and lit fiction and stuff like that as well. Really interesting. So it seems like you really fit that niche uh, to really start and kind of get get going and then expand it from there. Yeah, our our from a business standpoint, we always kind of looked back and thought that um, from our point of view, the other publishers in the province were, were would narrow their scope me to niche. We always wanted there to be a HarperCollins for Newfoundland, a, a publisher that did everything kind of thing. So uh, and didn't narrow their focus to just what the staff like to read kind of thing. Engine publishes stuff that I would never read if I picked it up on it, if, <laughs> I, if I was to pick it up. It was not in my, I read it and I love it, but it's not, if I was reading something, picking a genre to enjoy, I wouldn't pick that. Yeah, fair enough. That makes total sense. Really interesting. So what made you become an entrepreneur? Uh, Kind of a neat, kind of a, I, I fell into it kind of because it started out with, um, with not having a venue for my own writing. I wrote uh, my first books that I started writing when I was younger uh, were horror novels, slasher, 80s-style horror novels that were not set in the province. They were set in Maine because I grew up on Stephen King novels and there's no scarier place than Maine. So <laughs> of if you're going to write an 80s slasher, you're going to set it in Maine. It's got to be done. Yeah, exactly. Um, which was, There's a bunch of silly mistakes there that I made as a young artist, as, as every young artist does kind of thing. But there was no venue for that. Like, there was no venue for genre A, but even if you could find one that was open to genre, they weren't open to stories by Newfoundlanders that were not also set in Newfoundland. Uh, so there was this need for a publisher that only cared about the story. You know what I mean? That, like, if you're a Newfoundland author and you've written a good story, that's it, you're in, kind of thing. Uh, and I think nowadays... If, if this had happened today, I probably just would have self-published. Um, but only because, like, that's such an easier track now, whereas, and maybe I wouldn't have, maybe I'm selling myself short, but the entrepreneurial side of it came about with, well, if there's a gap in the market, why, instead of just self-publishing, why not fill the gap in the market and publish yourself as well as other people? Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. That's uh, it's really interesting how it, how it's changed from, you know, years to years. It seems like it's a bit easier to get started now. Would you say? 
Yeah, no, it's it's well and easier now to get started. Uh, when I started, there wasn't print on demand; just wasn't a thing. Like you had to order several thousand of each book. Like there wow. there was financial risk involved. Whereas nowadays, we can pick and choose. If there's a book we know is going to do really well, we can still order several thousand. But if there's a book where we're like, eh, we're not sure, kind of thing, let's do a test and run, and we can do a run of a hundred or less, even, and be like, okay, when they sell. We'll quickly order more and pay for expedited shipping and get it here fast kind of thing. But you're not stuck with massive stock like you were when I started. Yeah, a lot less risk. Yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. Cool. Um, question for you here. So you mentioned some of the challenges. Uh, what were like the key challenges, you would say, when you first started out? Uh, what were they and how did you really overcome them? I'd say the biggest challenge is... Um, gaining a reputation like like it's it, people who put out their own novels especially as it comes more and more it becomes a dime a dozen you know what i mean it seems like everyone can put out stuff with without oversight uh and they it's rough like you can it, the industry's become there's a what's the word i'm looking for there's a just a deluge of of content out there and it seems like it can it can come from everywhere and setting yourself apart and find like proving to the existing framework that's there that you belong with the existing framework and not with the chum is is hard you know what i mean it's 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 hard to prove that you have that standard yeah building that reputation i guess eh yeah and there's no trick to it that i've seen it's just time you know what I mean? There's no fast track about it. Yeah, it's just building your reputation and, and I guess releasing more and more books and yeah, and putting in the work at the end of the day. And sometimes it takes someone that's already from the larger industry kind of recognizing you and know, taking a chance on you. Like um, early days, Andrew Peacock, uh, who's an, an LBA award winning author, took a took a chance on us for his fiction. Um, and we really like working with him. Uh, Carolyn Parsons, same thing. Uh, now um, we're putting out Paul Butler's 12th novel, and he's had a storied career in Newfoundland writing and stuff like that. So it, a lot of times it takes someone who's more established kind of taking a chance and going like, hey, these guys are okay. Yeah, they know what they're doing here. Yeah, they're not completely <laughs> stupid. Here we go. Yeah. So you talked about networking, different collaborations. Uh, what did that, what kind of networking and collaborations played a, a a real successful role, I would say, in Engine Books. Uh, can you share some of those partnerships and collaborations and the impact they had? A lot of it early on was other people in similar situations. A, a big one I always name a drop is uh, is Kenneth Tam, who's a, a sci-fi writer from the mainland. So he does these big, epic, basically Star Trek The Next Generation, but written by him. Very fun, very... Um, energetic novels and he also does a lot of uh, newfoundland alternate history novels and he's very um he's a science fiction writer science fiction writer you know what i mean if you are not interested by how changing one domino in history will like ripple throughout history <laughs> if you're not interested in that kind of like sci-fi question his stuff's not for you but he started a, a, a company him and his family and they were unlike a traditional publishing company in that they were like a very much a family company and they weren't looking for submissions. 
and and marketed themselves like that. It was Iceberg Publishing. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was all just within the family and people they knew. So when I submitted it to them, he very generously went like, "Well, no, we only publish ourselves, but here's how you do it," kind of thing, and walked us through. And we've stayed in contact over the years and. In the struggle years, let's say, in the early networking years, it was really helpful to have him to bounce off and go like, you know, like when you're struggling in year five and you're wondering, hey, do I want to keep doing this? Like, I don't seem to be getting anywhere with it yet. And it's been five years to have to sit down for a coffee with him and have him go, well, no, you're actually doing better than we were at year five. And now we're making enough that we can pay our mortgage at this. So like, you know. Uh, give it another five years and you'll be better than we are now. So, you know, chill out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It seems like you touched on two real uh, important points there. One is having a mentor. Yeah. Mentoring is absolutely huge. When it, it doesn't matter what kind of field you're in in business. It seems like having a mentor to kind of guide you and bounce questions off of sharing those experiences that Dave had is absolutely vital. Yeah. Number two is putting in the work. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you're not going to see results sometimes uh, right in the beginning. So, you know, like you said, after five years, uh, talking to those people, uh, really, really bouncing ideas off of them, it, uh, it shows that sometimes, you know, it, it takes time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like, I, in this industry, I find I network best with people who are also passionate. So like when I was in Kona, I, I gravitated towards instructors and other students who were, whatever field they were in, they spoke passionately about them. When I was in Mund, I, I did anthropology because I took anthropology, the intro to it, and the course instructor was so passionate about it that he like sold me on it. I was like, I want to keep picking up what this guy's putting down. Uh, and just, you know, like uh, that's one thing with this industry, like it takes so long to get ahead that you've, you've got to love it. You know what I mean? Like this is not the industry for on a, like a regular entrepreneur for a person who's like, I would like to make money in business. What business should I start? I'm like, no, no. First, you have to be in love with the art form That's to right. get you through the first five, 10 years of I'm going to pull out my hair. Yeah, a bit of growing pains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. So speaking of CNA, uh, you mentioned you you did the journalism program. Sure did. So what kind of role did that play with respect to your business? That was huge, actually. So I, I was kind of like, I, I didn't work in journalism very long. It was not for me. But uh, the reason for that was very simple. I was a young kid who liked to write. And in my head, the only writers I knew were uh, Clark Kent and Peter Parker. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know. I'll be, sorry, Lois Lane. And I was like, oh, okay, I know. I'm a writer. I'll be a journalist. And got it in the field and realized that writing fiction and writing fact are two very different things. And I only like one of those things. But when I went and started the business, it was all the training from CNA made it possible to start because like, there's all these costs that you don't think about go starting out. So like uh, the cost of like the the layout and design software, getting someone to do the layout and design for it, especially now, 15 years ago, before Canva, before any of this, Knowing cover design, knowing, like I said, layout and design, knowing uh, if you're doing trailers for yourself, video editing, knowing audio editing, if you're doing uh, audio books, all this kind of stuff that CNA did teach me to m let me go be a journalist. Like I'd gotten all that layout and design training 
They thought they were teaching me to lay out and design newspapers, but I was like, haha, and now I know how to lay out and design books and, and knew all the tricks and knew how to not make a lot of mistakes that I see a lot of other young publishers make. Yeah, I translated a couple of those skills, I guess. A lot of skills. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that's the uh, the common theme that we get when talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. It seems like CNA has really laid the foundation for a lot of their businesses. And then they've kind of built on that and, and really built their business up from that. Yeah, big time. I use skills that I learned at CNA every single day in my business. And it it's the reason that my business was able to grow and be so successful because in those early, like I said, growing pains years, if I had to pay someone else to do those things, if I couldn't do it myself and just brute force it, we would have gone under. Yeah, it's an added expense that you just can't afford in the early days, hey? Big time. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, working with various genres of books. Uh, does your approach to marketing really change? So like, what's the difference in marketing horror versus political nonfiction? If so, how? A uh, huge difference between those two. So um, with, I mean... With horror, obviously, you can use certain images. You know what I mean? Like you can you can play on. Um, there, there's a lot you can you can also compare it to other things. Like when I was talking about my books, that like oh, it was like an eighty slasher. I told you nothing about what the book was about. I just said it was an eighty slasher riff, not ta- not written and sort of set in Newfoundland. And you were like, oh, okay, I got it. Like yeah. I know what's I know what you're yeah. talking about there. It's very easy to like do a, if you like this, then you will also like this for horror, especially uh, fantasy, less so kind of thing, but still on that same track. You can, you can do that for the genres. It's much harder with um, say like political nonfiction because you've got to kind of exercise a framework. You've got to be like, Hey, do you remember this event? No, okay, well, let me tell you about it. And this is what this book's about. And you've got to really know what it's about. Like, you can't BS when when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You've got to know what the book's about. You've got to be able to, if someone already does know the event, you've got to be able to explain why this book's important You know, to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, that makes total sense. CNA's Entrepreneurship Hub is your one-stop shop for entrepreneurial support. Looking for business guidance, workshops, mentorship, or other services to take your business to the next level? Check us out at cna.nl.ca slash entrepreneurship. Now, back to our episode. So on the topic of marketing, uh, you also host the Right Project podcast. I do. So can you share a little bit about the motivation behind launching this and how it kind of complements Engine's, uh, you know, work that it does and some of the highlights and stuff like that? Um, with Right Project, one thing that that sets Engine's edict apart from other publishers is that we have the, the other local publishers, especially, is that we have this big belief that what's good for one of us is good for all of us. Uh, from what we've seen at conventions or book fairs or whatever, readers don't, readers pick favorite authors. They do not pick favorite publishers. Most people in this province would not be able to name the different publishers. And we who are in the book world kind of lie to ourselves and because we can name them all and we can look at a book of and course, know yeah. which one it's by and be like, oh, that's a engine book or that's a whatever book. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, but the general reader in the province can't. Like, a reader is a reader is a reader. And no matter how many publishers there are in this province publishing, no matter how many books, the readers are voracious. Like, you, we will never be able to publish enough content to do that. So with Write Project, it was, I could just do a podcast with engine authors and, like, shove it online and, you know, do what we do. Or, because I want to do this and I really enjoy it, and it's actually how I relax. Like, it kind of, like, it's not, Write Project's not engine, really. It's something that I do separate from that. And it kind of relaxes me. It tickles me. I'm like, oh, you know, I get to go have fun at the microphone for a little bit like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And and connect with authors that I wouldn't otherwise have connected with and stuff like that. But the big thing was to, and it took some proving, to prove to people that like, no, no, this is not the Engine Books podcast. This is the Writers from Newfoundland podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um... As a person who grew up in the 80s, uh, the big, if you're asking my big gets for uh, for Right Project, uh, the fact that I've had Kevin Eastman, creator of the Ninja Turtles, on no less than four times, and that we're now on just a regular rotation of when he's doing press days, he'll be like, hey, Right Project, you want to go on? I'm like, yes, I would like to talk <laughs> to you again, Mr. Kevin Eastman. Absolutely. Of course. What times work for you? Absolutely. <laughs> person who created my entire childhood. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. I would say that's probably the most successful moment for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. What would be the most successful moment for Engine Books, would you say? That's really difficult. I get asked a lot by authors um, that we work with, that I'm friends with. I assume we're friends. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, do you ever step back and look at, like, how much Engine's grown in the last, like, 10 years? And my answer is always... No, because that would require stopping for a second. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so go, go, go that I don't stop to notice. Like, when we, we just put out, I'm so proud of this, but we just put out uh, The Queer History of Newfoundland or A Queer History of Newfoundland by Rhea Rollman. Really great book. Um, huge, massive, almost 700 pages, monstrosity of a book covering as much queer history as of in the province up until the year 2000 as she could fit in it. And, like... That's a big moment where I'm like, okay, this feels like an important book where I'm like, this is important and this is great, but yeah. I've already moved on to the next book as well. Like I'm <laughs> already enough, laying yeah. out and planning the next one. I'm like, yeah. this feels really important, but I did just put it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Proud to be a part of it. But oh, absolutely. I uh, can't take, can't take a break to really relish on it. Hey, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I feel like that one will remain important to us. For uh, sure. Yeah. Like just because of the subject matter and the importance of it and stuff like that. But at the same time, every book feels really important for five minutes. And then I'm very quickly on to the next book because the deadlines are looming. Of course, yeah. No, that makes total sense. So uh, getting into the last couple questions here. What advice would you give an aspiring entrepreneur? And then also, how about an aspiring author? Um, aspiring entrepreneur would be love what you're doing because you'll never get through those rough patches like I've said a few times already in this interview, if you don't love what you're doing. You just can't. Um, there, there's got to be a reason other than fiscally for what you're doing. At the same time, set yourself a limit, a hard and fast limit, just like when you're going to a casino or something like that. There's got to be a moment where you're like, when I have lost X amount, 
I am out. No matter what my heart tells me, no matter how my bra my I'm being lied to by my head, <laughs> I am out when I've spent X amount. So it's this push and pull where you have to love it or else you'll be too stressed early on. But if you love it too much, you'll sink too much money in. You know what I mean? It'll yeah. Be this, like, you'll, you'll end up with, like, what's it called? Garage capable. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the people that end up with, like, all the product <laughs> in their garage. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to love it, but set yourself that firm limit. Like, I will not go above X amount debt. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a balance there between passion and financial uh, responsibility, I would say. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to authors, um, I would say join writing groups uh, as easy as you can, as as early as you can. Um, get feedback from other authors. Never take it too, too seriously because we're all just other people perfecting our art form. But also don't dismiss it out of hand and get your act structure down. Like that, that like so many of our stuff that gets like sadly goes to the rejection bin is because there's just no act structure whatsoever. You're like a hundred pages into a thousand page thing. And you're like, I don't even know who the main character is supposed to be. Um, go online and look up, um, story circle and, uh, and four corner opposition. Those two things, if you can get them down and be even a decent writer, we can clean up the rest kind of that kind of thing. If you're passionate about what you do, and you have some semblance of structure, you'll do fine. Awesome. All right, finally, uh, where can our listeners find out more about Engine Books and books you publish, as well as other ventures like The Right Project Podcast? Well, The Right Project Podcast is on CHMR, as well as a couple other um, stations throughout the province. Uh, but it's also just uh, wherever podcasts are. It's, it's out there. In you, t you go on your podcast app, that Grandpa LeDrew doesn't understand, and you type it in, and then, like, oh, look, it's the podcast. There you go. Listen to it. Um, and uh, Engine Books, uh, we're wherever books are, are sold now. Uh, we've got some distribution, so you can find us wherever you're used to finding your books, uh, but also on Amazon. All our stuff's available on there. And if you're local, just drop down and see me at the Farmer's Market on Saturdays. It's my favorite spot to be because I get to, like, chat with people and have fun it is some people don't understand how i can do it every week how i can be like mr sales whenever i'm like man i'm talking to humans humans are the best <laughs> except when they're not but most of the time they're the best <laughs> fantastic well thanks again matthew for uh, coming on and that's a wrap for this episode folks thank you for tuning in to best in the biz cna's entrepreneurship podcast leave a review if you like today's episode and keep up to date with all new episodes on our website at www.cna.nl.ca slash entrepreneurship and on all major streaming services at Best in the Biz CNA.